You're listening to the launch film for RNIB's new campaign, See the Person, Not the Sight Loss. Still trying to get used to it. That might sound a bit funny to be listening to a film, but part of this film's job was to depict the experience of someone with sight loss, not only to a seeing audience, but also to someone who can't see it, or can't see all of it. I miss things. I know it will get worse. The film tells the story of Ava, a fictional teenage girl who must come to terms with losing her sight, and the impact that it has on many areas of her life, from education to relationships, even her love of gaming. I chatted with two of the people behind the project, Martin Wingfield at RNIB and Toby Allen at their creative agency, the AND Partnership. And we got into the creative process, getting on Gogglebox, getting a Tom York backing track, building diversity in the creative industry and more. Welcome to Creativity for Good, the podcast where passionate people from the worlds of charity, art and communications tell the story of work that is changing the world for good and how it was done. I'm Dave Mance and here are my guests. I'm Martin Wingfield. I'm Director of Brand at RNIB. I've been with the charity for six years. My background is is creative agencies before going client-side for a few years. Um, and this is my first charity role, but uh, so it's been, uh, been a, a really fantastic journey. My name is Toby Allen. I'm Executive Creative Director at the AND Partnership, which is a fully integrated, independent creative agency. Um, and our kind of uh, philosophy is about bringing diverse creators together to transform uh, businesses and brands. Um, so, I think uh, I think that's really apt for the you know the the inclusivity and the diversity that we're going to talk about on this particular film. And it's an awesome, awesome project that we're going to be talking about. Where did the where did that whole project originate? And can you tell us just what it's aiming to do? Yeah, so it, it, it really originated with some very, uh, very deep insights that RNIB and Guide Dogs collaborated on to really understand what the what the barriers were for people with sight loss um, and and their ability to lead a full life. It was it was a, a, a long term study that that highlighted several things. So and we expected um, a lot of these. So education, employment, money travel and transport all feature very highly as the as the as, as the barriers but the, the the biggest barrier that people with sight loss face on a day-to-day basis is just the general lack of understanding amongst the public and this this can manifest itself in 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 several ways quite a common one is that well-meaning members of the public will just grab someone's arm if they see them with a cane or a guide dog and and try and guide them across across the road or across the street which which is actually totally the wrong thing to do. But also there's some very general myths and misconceptions around sight loss. The public on, as a whole think that blind and partially sighted people are totally blind, as opposed to the reality that that they can that 93% of registered blind and partially sighted people can see something. There's a really wide spectrum of, of different sight conditions and different levels of, of, of sight. The public also think that everyone with sight loss um, can sing because of Stevie Wonder or why because of Lord Blunkett. Uh, they think that most of them are men, whereas reality is slightly more women than men. And I think that everyone's old. And that that's there's some truth in that, but there's actually 45,000 people under the age of 25 that, are, that, are, that have, have sight loss. So is and there's a million and one other examples of, of that. So it's really interesting then that so the insight is that actually the biggest challenge to blind people is 
is or people people visually impaired is people who are not visually impaired yeah totally on this project you uh the the main agency working on it with you was the and partnership um at what stage did you get them involved what was the brief to them so it was actually 18 months before the launch of the campaign we we um compiled the 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 research and the insights um and you know from my agency time i realized that you know the value of of a really good brief that's actually agreed by everyone else in the organization that, that 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 matters which is a fair few people um and we had we had some very in-depth briefing briefing sessions including colleagues with sight loss that could really bring the 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 insight and the lived experience to life um because as as, as you'll know dave that you know true creativity really starts with with great customer insight um and arming the the strategists and the creative team with with as much information as humanly possible, which was a lot, um, was was very much the first first step. So obviously, a big part of it was getting the brief right and and, and agreed across the organisation. What else would you say was the, the the real key to success? I think I think time is important. I mean, the you know great great creative ideas and really well honed thoughts don't happen overnight so and you know there's often some pressure in the organization to move quicker than is sensible and often if you try and move too quickly as, as you'll appreciate that you know the idea is probably not as fully formed as it would be if you have have a bit longer so I think certainly certainly an element of protection and championing the agency's work and and you know making sure that they had the tools to do their job and so Toby when did you get involved with the project so I, I joined the AM partnership a year ago, and there was a script that was in development, which um, told the story of a young girl uh, losing her sight. And it was only 30 seconds. And the girl was quite young, um, you know, sort of five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I came in, I, I said, I, I really don't think that we're going to achieve the emotional impact that we want and and take people on a journey of what it is to lose your sight if we if we confine ourselves to 30 seconds you know obviously r and are a charity they don't have huge amount of money to spend on media and, and the longer your media lengths the, the more expensive they are but mm-hmm. i said i think to do this justice we need to create an online film um that is you know deeply empathetic and watchable but also shareable and and earn media through the the nature and the stature of the film um and tell a far longer and more immersive involved story about what it is to lose your sight and how people adapt and and recover and the resilience required. But also, you know, would it be more interesting if we cast a teenager or a young adult um, rather than a, a young girl? Because, you know, they're dealing with so much in adolescence anyway, and then to lose their sight at the same time kind of feels like a, a you know, a double um kind of ordeal if you like slash rite of passage um uh and, and you know and a lot and a sort of you know huge life change to deal with um and and also that there's a sense that if you've lived with your sight unimpaired for longer that there's more to lose and there's yeah. more jeopardy um if, if you were to lose it as a teenager than if you were to lose sight as, as a young child terrible as, as as losing sight can be and traumatic we just felt that um you know for, certainly for the the seeing audience that they might empathize more 
actually if it was a if the if the lead character was a teenager um because like i said yeah they would they would feel that there was more 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 was being lost jesse lewis reese he does an amazing job doesn't he of, of directing the film and i just wonder what's the process like of, of finding him and, and settling on him as as the director we had a bit of luck because um our, our head of TV was judging some awards and he came across a short film um, called uh, Eyelash, which is a film about a young man with OCD. But the way it's shot and edited, it, it almost feels like you're experiencing OCD while you're watching it. Um, and uh, our head of TV uh, judged this short film and said, you should take a look at Jesse's reel. Um, Jesse, the director, uh, they're real because, you know, if they could do for sight loss what they've just done in this short film for OCD, you know, really put you in the shoes of someone experiencing that condition, mm-hmm. um, then that it could be a brilliant choice of director. So, um, Interjection, dear listener, you should also watch Eyelash. It is an amazing five-minute film. Uh, I'll put the link in the notes. So we followed that advice and we reached out to Jesse and he did a, a director's treatment, which blew us all away. Um, and, the, you know, the, everything that, that he was thinking about in terms of, you know, the story and the story beats, the casting, the visual treatment, the choice of music, um, the way we would use uh, audio um, and sound effects, diegetic sound with, with, within the scene and also voiceover to tell the story. Um, you know, he'd kind of considered everything. So he was the natural choice for that. Now, you wanted the TV ad to be inclusive and enjoyed by people with sight loss. It, it sort of had to work almost as a radio ad as, as well, didn't it? Yeah, it was. I was, I mean, every every creative project, um, and especially creativity for good, you hope that you're not only doing something that's positive in itself, but that you're you're learning something from it. And I've never been in a situation and, you know, and it shows how I guess blinkered I've been or we've been where, you know, where you have to give so much thoughts to, you know, what does this piece of film look like if you can't see all of it or you can't see any of it. Um, But at the same time, if you, if you describe it to the point where you're, you're effectively it's, it's speak and spell and you're describing everything that you see on screen um, for the sighted audience, it, it kind of diminishes the emotional power because you're being kind of told what to think or or told what you're seeing and you can see it for yourself. So it was a real balancing act of telling the story visually um, with visual effects to represent, you know, that blurring and that tunneling of vision um, that, that leads to sight loss in this particular sight loss condition so that, the, you know, you get a sense of that if you're a sighted viewer um, and you and you and you follow it visually, but at the same time, you know, creating a voiceover um, that gave you the arc of the story, if not every detail, so you could you you knew if you couldn't see what the story was about. I think in the first casting call, Eli was talking to Jesse, um, and they were talking about representation of blind people in culture, um, and specifically in movies, and and the kind of the um you know the, the the kind of the trope of the one-eyed blind villain um in bond movies for example eli has a sight loss condition an eye condition that has led to slight disfigurement facial disfigurement around one eye 
So they were particularly sensitive to that kind of um, vilification, if you like, of yeah. of, um, of of sight loss and, and and representation of blind people. Okay. And then they shared a lot of their experience of sight loss with Jesse, which went into you know forming the basis of the script. Um, and the the script development was it was it was coming from one end which was you know the writing team adam and ted at the at, at the am partnership at the agency mm-hmm. um and we were sort of workshopping what what are the what are the beats within the story that are unique to a particular sight loss condition which i'll come on to talk about but also kind of universal enough that anyone who's experienced a, a degree of sight loss um, and specifically going fully blind would would understand regardless of you know which particular sight loss condition it is so it had to be sort of specific um but univ- but speak to a universal experience within the blind and partially sighted community um and then that so that was coming from one end and then from the other end um it was Jesse workshopping with Eli what their experience of sight loss was um and how to bring that uh, into their performance but also uh into some of the story beats but not all so eli uh the actor uh, lost their sight or lost uh one eye to retinitis blastoma but ava um the character they play um is you know has got the condition in the film of retinitis pigmentosa which is can lead to a kind of blurring um, a sort of tunneling of vision around the edges and, and a sensitivity to light. So Jesse uh, and his cameraman or d- director of photography, uh, um, and Angelos, um, basically created or recreated that using filters um, and lenses that they put, dioptic lenses, which they put in front of the lens and sort of held them up to refract and distort the picture. Um, and then they augmented augmented some of that in post. Yeah, a, a little credit, I suppose, I could give a, when I was just researching the campaign and I came across some of it on on social and just seeing the comments that people with sight loss had put there where they were like, you've really, you've really got it. Like I've got one in front of me here. It says, you know, trying to explain to people who take the mic of why I close my blind eye, trying to explain my other eye has little vision. I walk left and right. This shows how we see or don't see things. Why when I walk and trip or bump into people, when idiots blast car horns at mates they see and the fright it gives me. Excellent video and worth watching. Thank you, RNB. You know, it's just someone feels, you know, feels seen, I suppose. Excuse the pun. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, well, that's, you know, and that there is, you know, that, that I guess that wordplay in, in, in the, in RNIB's end line of, of see the person, um, mm. um, you know, and that's that's deliberate because sight is taken for granted, um, and 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 those who can see have an obligation to you know to view um, blind and partially sighted people um, with respect and inclusion. It's always good to showcase new talent, and on this project, you featured up and coming musician Thom Yorkey. <laughs> yes yeah uh yeah so tell how the hell did you get tom york on this so um someone very early 
on, I, I can't remember who it was, whether it was Adam and Ted, the crazy team, or Jesse said, wouldn't it be great if we got a Radiohead track? Because um, Tom, Tom, Tom Yorkie, Tom York doesn't, uh-huh. um, hasn't lost his sight, but he does have a, a you know an eye condition. So he, he, he might be sensitive to the story um, and we might be able to, um, you know, get the, get the, you'd be able to use the track and, you know, and we might not have to pay a fortune for it. Um, and, and he was, you know, he was willing to, um, to, to work with us. Initially we had a different track. I think, uh, radio as a, uh, Suspira, um, which is a sort of largely instrumental. Um, and then, um, Jesse found videotape, um, a, uh, a, a, which is a radio head song, which Tom York had had recovered, um, in a sort of acoustic way just you know his 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 voice and uh and some and instrumental um without the rest of the band and you know that was really sort of stripped back um and beautifully haunting but like I said earlier positive towards the end um and and it, you know when we first put that on it, it just it it just came together perfectly with the edit um and uh um once I think once we'd shown um Tom the edit with with his track on um you know he was very gracious and let us use it for um for free or next to nothing i believe awesome wow it's so nice when something like that comes off because it so rarely comes off doesn't it yeah exactly exactly um but you you know it, it i think it's just testament to the the craft and the yeah. attention to the detail that you know even the choice of music or music artist was inclusive and related to the story that we were telling yeah, and obviously he, yeah, you know, like their their video, you know, Radiohead's videos are always like were always some of the best, weren't they? And so you know, he's obviously a bit of an aficionado, so it's it's real credit if he says, yeah, you can use my song on your your video. That's that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought of it. Maybe maybe we should have a you know create a new awards category for you know <laughs> films that are good enough for well known artists to put their yeah <laughs> give their music to. You know, and the, the the Tom York Award for uh, you know commercials with taste. All right, so here you are. You've you know you've reached the mountain top, Martin. You've you've nailed <laughs> you've nailed the comeback. I'm just interested, actually, looking back though. Yeah, what's like a? Can you give me like one real highlight, and and then one perhaps you know we're not allowed to call it low point, a challenge. You know, challenge. in the whole process, a, a, a real a highlight. Point was the casting process because it was so important that we had uh, an actor to play the lead part uh, you know which was ultimately a young lady who was going through a sight loss diagnosis she had she had to have sight loss herself you know you can't you can't get a an actor pretending to be someone with sight loss and you know this is this is a this is a a thing now i mean maybe 10 years ago organizations might have done that but that's just not okay for 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 all kinds of reasons but we knew because of the you know emotional story that we wanted to tell we knew it had to be an absolutely top actor with sight loss and that you know that you know and also between the ages of you know you know looking between the ages of 16 and 22 and you know all all of the other different things we wanted to, to to get across but we um we we nailed it first time i mean the 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 agency they only shared one one actor and i was like well, hang on a minute i want to see 
five or six and have that debate but they were like no just you you check out you check out eli very cool and your and your low point it's not it's not this is it it's not talking to me <laughs> let's see how the rest of it goes um no point i think i think some of the some of the debates that we have to have internally that you know to to really make sure it was right seemed a bit never ending mm. um and you know i i love my job and the elements of my job i love is is the creative side is the analysis is the planning is the research is the insight having lots of in-depth meetings about numbers and the you know almost you know go you know obviously going around in circles a little bit was you know was was the low point because it would just all sucked up time when we could we could have been out there you know doing doing the magic that we that we ultimately did as a as a, as a, as a big team so uh I think, I think see I think that is really interesting as well though, because that is where ideas die in those meetings mm. like if you're not so clear not just really clear about what you want to do but really able to articulate it and get it across like that is how ideas yes. go off the rails and lose yeah they lose their sh- the sharpness and impact and they just get pecked to death by by ducks as uh what's his name says Luke Sullivan <laughs> <laughs> I love that I was I was going to say death by a thousand cuts, which is a very well worn phrase. But pet to death by ducks, I will I will use that. And it and we ran that we ran that risk. But I mean, don't get me wrong, we had some incredible support at a trustee level and a senior level. Our CEO Matt Stringer was was awesome in in helping defend the the idea and the plan and the and, and the strategy. But it was it's tricky. It's tricky times, and for any charity to to you know to invest invest big bucks in 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 something new it was it was you know rightly it was right to have that that kind of um level of scrutiny tell us a little bit about the impact so far well we've seen um the 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 main metric the main thing we are looking for is to change public opinions and that is a big research piece that will go in market next week now the campaign has ended however we are we're we're building an econometric model to look at the impact on our service level users. So RNIB have a helpline, we have employment services, education services, legal services, all kinds of things to, to, to help people with sight loss. And we're not as well known as we should be amongst people that are blind and partially sighted. Um, and I'm pleased to say we had over a thousand calls to our helpline above the average baseline that we would get during the campaign period, which is an in- indicator that that the message yeah. works it is landing um our social media engagement and and and, and views was you know we had over over 400,000 people reached just purely by by social media which again wasn't really an objective of the campaign but but worked 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 very well um and even things like our level of applications to 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 come and work for our NIB went from you know went from a four or five a day to, to 40 a day at the high point and these are good candidates as well and like many organizations with you know they're struggling to recruit the best people yeah that's huge at the moment. if you're listening it is genuinely a great place to work but the 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 campaign and being in the in the mass media being on telly being on gogglebox and gogglebox was a real highlight by the way that yeah. that really i think puts puts r and ib up the up the league table where where um, did that idea come from? 
It came it came from our from our media agency that was to get that water cooler moment. Not that water coolers are used as much as they were now. We're all working a bit more remotely, but the the the, the idea of a brand partnership was was mooted at a, a very early stage, and we explored different angles. But as soon as the goggle box idea was suggested, it was it was absolutely something that we wanted to do because Gogglebox are representative of the of the general public and you know it's a great show they have you know all kinds of different people ages sort of demographics kind of parts of the country um so that that was another real highlight actually you wouldn't have thought that it could happen to somebody who's at school would you you're not defined by your sight loss still a soul still a character still got charisma judgment by that you know jenny in particular the the, the gogglebox cast member i'm you know as soon as as soon as we started having that conversation jenny was the one i wanted to review the ad because i knew <laughs> she was but as in fortunate in many ways it's a weird thing to say but jenny both jenny's parents had sight loss so she had a true emotional connection to the cause do you know what my mom's biggest fear was not seeing a bingo books. Not the fact about looking at you. No, she did. She does enough looking at me. <laughs> but having the comments from the Gogglebox guys about the, you know, showing their passion and their emotion and the fact that, you know, don't judge, you know, don't judge people by someone's sight loss. They've got personality. They've got charisma. I mean, they they naturally, and it wasn't scripted. They yeah. naturally said everything that we wanted to hear. So that was that was that was really um, a real a really great high point of the of the campaign. And seeing your work on telly is amazing, and seeing it on a show like Mobile Box is doubly amazing. And uh, so That's you, it. Know, you can retire now. <laughs> yeah, he could. I wish. I wish. I don't know how to pay the mortgage, but 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 no, it's, it was it's really you know it's really great. So the campaign is working very well. It's the start of our new strategy to change societal perceptions and we we you know we're not we're not stopping here this is going to be an ongoing mission for the next um 25 years is what we're talking about internally because societal perceptions don't don't change overnight mm. so i think we'll have to we'll have to keep keep going and working very hard to change awesome man that's uh, really it's a brilliant campaign and i'm have all my congratulations <laughs> You know, and I, you know, I meet people now, and I introduce myself as, you know, someone who knows the guy who did that RNOB ad. That's how I, <laughs> that's how I see myself now. Um, no, it's wicked. Bonus material uh, right at the end here. Toby talks a little bit about how the AND partnership is helping to build diversity in the creative industry. Well, when we talk about diverse creators, we're sort of talking about, you know, people who think in different ways as a you know so not necessarily neurodivergent but you know you have media specialists and creatives and pr and data and and that kind of thing so there's there's sort of diversity of skill set if you like that you bring to bear on a on a business problem or or or, or to build a brand and then so that's sort of one form of diverse creators and then there's obviously you know i guess personal diversity um diversity of people um and you know trying to widen the net um that we fish with to get talent um and to, and to keep talent um and make sure that we you know are properly speaking reflecting representing and speaking to the audiences that we serve um so we've opened an academy in uh, Birmingham with M6 or media partners 
we've hired 22 apprentices um, who are kind of earning and learning um, um, uh, on on the job. So it's it's basically a a campus where they're kind of they're they're learning from us, but also partners like Amazon and Google and, and like tech partners okay. in, t- in TikTok. You know, a lot of it's it, a lot of it's creating. You know, how do you how do you plan for and create um, uh, digital? You know, in the digital media world. Um, yeah. So some of that is, you know, just the hard numbers of SEO on Google. Some of it's the more creative side, like well, how do you how do you how do you make a a winning brand TikTok? Um, that kind of thing. So it sort of spans that that range. Mm. Um, but you know, there are twenty two um, per cohort. Um, so you know, there'll be another twenty two coming in September. And and the the reason that that was that we picked Birmingham as it was, you know, we did the sort of data crunching and go, well, you know, there, there is a huge amount of talent there, um, but, but not enough creative industry. Um, yeah. And so, you know, there, there's a sort of the biggest gap, if you like, right. between the talent pool and, 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 and an outlet for that talent pool or, or an on-ramp into the creative industries in that city. Whereas, you know, Manchester or, or Leeds felt we, we you know, look, they looked like they were better served. Mm. um so you know that was a sort of highly targeted you know conscious choice to go to Birmingham so we've kind of done that and we also have an an initiative called high-vis creatives which is making more diverse creatives um as in creative people uh more highly visible you know and that's diversity of age sexuality ethnicity faith um ability disability etc um and making sure that um that within the industry and specifically within people who might consider the industry. So going to, you know, universities or to colleges, which aren't, you know, university level, um, you know, that they, they see themselves represented within the industry and, and kind of talk about, you know, the opportunities. Thank you for listening. My name is Dave Mance. I create work that wins hearts and minds to amazing causes. You can find out more about me at the imaginatively titled DaveMance.com.